This is KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzet Torah, this is Ezra Bick. And today, Tuesday, the weekly share on Perush HaRamban, the Parshiyot HaShavua. Perush HaRamban HaTorah, Parshat HaShavua. This week is Parshat Vayishlach. And the topic which we're going to discuss today is a very, very famous Ramban, very important Ramban. Uh, the Ramban on the action the retaliatory action of B'nai Yaakov in Shechem against the people and the family of Chamor and Shechem ben Chamor. The Ramban asks the question, how is it possible that the children of Yaakov slaughtered in what appears to be a indiscriminate and unjustified manner, the people of Shrem. Since the Pasuk says that from the very beginning, the first conversation after Shrem had abducted and raped Dina, his first conversation with the family of Yaakov, they answer him, the Pasuk says, Bimirma, they planned to, to fool him, when they said that they would agree to his proposal to allow Dina to marry Shrem and to intermarry in general, in return for the people of Shrem circumcising themselves, it was a very bimirma with deception. Uh, apparently, we know what happened afterwards, when they were uh, unable to defend themselves after having undergone adult circumcision and operation uh, without a doubt, uh, and they were all slaughtered. So, the Ramban says, There is a question here. First of all, he claims, Yaakov was present. Now, the Pasuk is very explicit. It says that Shechem came to speak to Yaakov and his children, but the answer was given by Bnei Yaakov. But the Ramban says, but he was there. He heard the answer. And therefore, Ramban, at least at this point, claims it would appear that he knew what was going on. It was with his, at least, collusion. He didn't actually answer. But but they wouldn't have answered in front of him without consulting him. And therefore, it was Beritzon Avia Uva'atzato with Dina's father, with Yaakov's uh, willing agreement and, and, in fact, in consultation with him. Uh, and he knew, for sure, that their answer was deceptive. Uh, it seems hard to imagine that Yaakov thought that they were seriously presenting a proposal to intermarry with the people of Shrem. And therefore, the question is, first of all, uh, why did Yaakov later on, uh, first of all, here, at, immediately at the end of the Pasha, he says to them, Achartemoti, uh, you've... you've You've muddied the waters. You, you've got me into trouble. And what's more impressive is later on, in the Birkot Yaakov, in Pashat Vayachi, when he curses Shimon Levi for what they did in, in, in Shechem. He was how much angry. What's he angry about? He Wasn't he in the plot the entire, the entire time? So the Ramban has an answer to that question, which I'll mention in a second. But then he, he continues on to what is probably a more disturbing question. Many people have asked, The assumption is that B'nai Yaakov 
A man doesn't question that for a second. How then could these tzaddikim, remember, as opposed to Esav, as opposed to Yishmael, the whole point of Yaakov is that all his children are within. They form Beit Yaakov. Kulam tzaddikim. How could they be deceptive? And and in the end, how could they wind up killing uh, the people? Lishboch dam naki. How could they kill innocent innocent people? Before I got to this point, he sort of took Yaakov out of the picture. The Mamban claims that there were two different plans here. The deception was, in fact, with Yaakov's collusion. The idea would be that they would circumcise themselves, they would be weak, they would be incapacitated, and then the brothers would come and take Dina back. In other words, the problem, the Ramban claims previously, actually explains this previously, that, you remember, Shechem was the ruler, Hamor, his father, was the ruler, the local ruler of the town. Dina was abducted and basically imprisoned in his house, and there was no way to get her back. So this was a deceptive move, telling them to circumcise themselves, to render the town defenseless, to an attack by the brothers, to rescue Dina. And that Yaakov was in was in the picture. Uh, and that all the the brothers were in the picture, but the the end, not merely taking Dina back, but also killing everybody in town, that was only Shimon Velevi, and that was the curse of Yaakov. Arur Apam Kiaz. The time of the Bachot, Yaakov did not give them a Bacha, but gave them a curse. That was because of the indiscriminate killing that was done. But now he asks about indiscriminate killing. How could that be? After all, whatever you're going to say, mine is still convinced that Shimon, Velevi, Atzadikim, as well as the other brothers who uh, who support them. And he quotes the Rambam's famous answer. And our discussion today will concern uh, how the Rambam deals with the point raised by the Rambam. The Rambam's answer is found in the Yad HaChazaka in Sefer Shoftim Hilchot Melachim in his discussion of Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach the Bambam's answer is that there are seven Mitzvot of B'nai Noach the punishment for transgressing any one of the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach is the death penalty unlike the Jewish Halacha which has many different penalties for the 613 different Mitzvot some of the death penalty there's also Karet there's also Malkot there's some things where there's a monetary penalty but the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, there's only one penalty. Penalty is death. Uh, this is a Gemara in Sanhedrin, and it's not our point today, but for those who might be surprised at this, it definitely indicates certain amount of discrimination here, but, but the reasoning very simply is, is that logically, Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, it's the minimum of being a person. If you don't follow Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach, you don't deserve to live. It, it's, it, was, it was part of creation. It, w- it was a Tznayin creation of man. Well, even if it was after the Mabul, say that God just wiped out all of humanity. And now he says, I'm not going to do that again. You are making a new Brit, but, but these are the conditions. You break these conditions, it means you not have no relationship with God. As the says in one place, Sha'alul Chokhmah, the wisdom was asked, what is the law of he who sins? And wisdom said, yumat. You transgress God's law. You deserve to die. So it's true the Torah is much more complicated. But, but logically... It's 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 defensible. It's perfectly logical that that should be the thing, and that's what takes place with with Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach. Now, one of the Mitzvot B'nai Noach is called Dinim, which means the obligation to set up a system of of law. 
not just that each Ben Noach is not permitted to steal. There is a one sentence of Ben Noach is Geneva. But there's another one called Dinim. The Ramam interprets that to mean that um, they have to set up a system of law to, to judge themselves, to, to enforce the basic laws of morality, of social morality. The Ramam says that transgressing that law is also liable to the death penalty. And therefore, the entire city of Shechem, which did not enforce basic human morality in relationship to Shechem ben Chamo, they allowed him to rape and abduct a woman without interfering in any way. Therefore, all of them were Chayavim Mita. They were all liable to the death penalty for not observing Sheva Mitzvot Pnei Noach. Shechem did not observe Sheva Mitzvot Pnei Noach because he stole. He stole a woman. And they did not observe Sheva Mitzvot Pnei Noach because they didn't judge him. And then the Rambam adds, since they were all liable to the death penalty, we kill them. Any non-Jew, any Ben Noach, any Gentile who uh, uh, violates the laws of Gentiles, just like a Jew who violates the laws of the Jews, so the court, the Jewish court, judges him, finds him guilty, and imposes a sentence. A non-Jew who violates one of the Sheva Mitzvot Ben Noach should also, if we have the ability, the Raman says, if we are able to, politically, then the Jewish court, the system of law of the Torah, should judge him and impose a penalty. Therefore, the penalty that should be imposed on the entire city of Shechem is a death penalty. And that's what Shimon Levi did. And therefore, the Ramam says that they were justified. They were fulfilling a mitzvah, the Ramam says. They were, they were, they were acting as a court of law to judge uh, Gentiles who had violated Sheva Mitzvot Beinach. That's the Ramam's theory for the slaughter of the people of Shechem by Shimon Levi. מפני זה, this is a quote from the Rambam, נתחייבו כל בעלי שכם הריגה, the people of Shechem were liable to the death sentence, נתחייבו, they were חייבים, they were, they, they should be convicted of a capital crime, שהרי שכם גזל, for Shechem, the man Shechem, had stolen, והם ראו, ידעו, ולא דנו, they saw, knew, and did not judge him, did not, did, did not respond. To this theory, the Ramban is opposed. And he objects. It's all wrong. And the Ramban's reasons are very, very interesting. If we have time, I will also tell you what the Ramban's own theory is. But I think his objections to the Ramban are more interesting than his own theory, but... Yeah, for sure we want to understand how the Ramban understood the Pasha as well. But first of all, what's his objections to the Ramban? Why not? First point. Proof. So first of all, the Ramban doesn't explain the tension involved in the story. Yaakov is, first of all, for sure, immediately, in our Pasha, opposed. He, he doesn't agree. When he finds out about it, he comes with tainus to them. Why they did this. So according to the Ramam's he, he should have been one of the people. It's a mitzvah. It's the law of the Torah to do it. 
the way the Ramban understands the Ramban. This is what should be done. He should have been the first one. Hayav liot kodem. He should have been the person to kill them. You say, well, maybe Yaakov. It's true, but the point even the Ramban says, when he describes not our case, but the general law, he says, It's a fact. The Ramban doesn't expect Jews to be running around the world uh, imposing death penalties on thieves and blasphemers and people with every menachai. If we have the ability. So maybe the Yaakov Avinu thought he didn't have the ability. In Pachad Mehem, maybe Yaakov Avinu was afraid. He thought that, you know, we don't have the political, the, the, the necessary administrative power. Who are we? We're just a family living near Shechem to, to do this thing. Obviously, they do have the power. They succeeded. But there were other nations around. As Yaakov Avinu said, what about all the, the neighboring cities that are going to attack us? So he said, okay, that's a good excuse for Yaakov not to do it. But why is he angry at them? So he thought it was be a difficult thing to do. But uh, they thought it was a good thing to do. You say, well, but he, he was worried about the consequences. Oh, but the Raman says, remember, not just our Pasha. Yaakov says, oh, politically, this is a difficult move. I'm going to get in trouble with the neighboring people. Years and years and years and years later, on his deathbed, he curses them for what they did. He, that makes no sense, the Ramban says, if the only argument was about the pragmatic political ability to carry out the sentence. Would get a, a, a land portion in Israel because of Yaakov Avinu's anger years later, abiding anger at them for this terrible action. Uh, they, they did a mitzvah. And they did it because they had bitachon. You had less bitachon, they had more bitachon. That's a reason to curse them. So that's, that's his textual question. He says, what he basically says is that the Ramam's answer is too good. The Ramam is going to look for, eventually, an explanation which will explain why Shimon Belevi had tzaddikim could do what they did. And nonetheless, Yaakov Avinu could violently oppose and in fact punish them for what they did. Very narrow, very narrow path the Ramban has to, has to travel. A too good an explanation to say that Shimon ben was simply correct. No problem. It's the right thing to do. Leaves Yaakov Avinu out on the limb. Outright condemnation of Shimon ben leaves them out on the limb. And the Ramban is looking for an in-between position. Okay. Now he adds the following concerning what's wrong with the Rambam's logic. So far he just disproved it, but now what I'm really interested in is the logic. The Ramban says, it's true, the seventh mitzvah of B'nai Noach is called Dinim, which Rambam said was a mitzvah to set up a law system and a punishment system for themselves, which they didn't do, and therefore they were Chayi the Ramban says, that's not the Pshat. There is a specific law of mitzvot b'nei noach, of lo tigzol, you steel. And dinim means all the other aspects of personal conduct that's connected to civil affairs. He says, like stealing, like cheating, like not paying on time, schar sachir, 
Dinei Shomrim, if somebody asks you to watch something, so you should watch it. Ve'ones umufata, and yes, rape and and seduction, which is treated in halacha as a as a civil matter. Ve'vot nezikin, and and paying uh, if your if your ox caused damage. All those laws, that's what dinu means. Acting properly, acting civilly, the way an honest and upright person is supposed to act. Paying for when you buy something, paying back your loans. Just like that's what the word dina means in, in Allah as well. And therefore, it's true that if someone steals, he's, if a non Jew steals, he's chayab mita. If he rapes or seduces the daughter of his friend, he's chayab mita. If he uh, uh, goes out and damages someone else's property deliberately, he's chayab mita. And Raman says, now it's true, they're also supposed to set up courts to enforce these things or to regulate these things. But he says, not setting up a court doesn't impose a death penalty. For a very simple reason, because it's Sheva al You only get a death penalty if you've done something wrong. If you haven't done something, which you should have done, you're not right. But just as in Halacha, there's a distinction between acts of commission and acts of omission, the man says that's surely true in Mitzvot Noach as well. And therefore, if a, a society, a non-Jewish society, has not set up a system of regulation, of courts, a judicial system, to enforce dinim, nobody is chayav mitash, mitzvat bahem. Now, he doesn't want to say it's an eighth mitzvah. It's included in dinim because the Gemara says only seven mitzvahs. But he's basically saying it's an eighth mitzvah. There are seven prohibitions and one general mitzvah say, which is also included in the word dinim, to, to regulate the other seven mitzvot. He says, on that, you don't have the principle of, of a death penalty. Death penalty is done for acts of, of evil, the acts of commission, not for not being a better person. Okay, that's his first point. And therefore, the people of Shrem are not Chayabimita. Second point, I think, is even more interesting and more important for us. He then adds, um, if the reason why they didn't do it, the people of Shrem, they didn't judge local prince was because they were afraid of him. We can assume it wasn't exactly a democracy and there wasn't a constitution. You're dealing with a person with tyrannical power. So what did you expect? You expect the people of Shechem to demand a trial for the local prince? They can't do that. You'll say, well, what would we do if it was a Jewish institution? So he says, okay, there is a mitzvah in the Torah that says, There's a mitzvah in the Torah that says when it comes to dealing with justice, you should fear no one. The judge, the local judge, is not allowed to take into consideration the fact that the person he's judging happens to have immense power. Do not fear any man. He says, okay, but that's a mitzvah in the Torah. That's not one of the shemitzvah in the The man says that even within the mitzvah of mitzvah in the even the necessity to set up a judicial system, it will be set aside. These people are really innocent if they don't have the power to do so because of the political situation in Shechem. I'm sure they would have. Let's say they might very well have judged most rapists or thieves 
They're just women judging Shechem ben Chamor. That's not even an act of omission. It's a justifiable act of omission. Because what could they have done? Except maybe to take, to, to endanger their lives to fulfill this. And he says they don't have to do that. Uh, and then he says, Allah Khalamaisa, Rashai Hagoy Lomal, the Badaya Dene, Niniskak Lachem. A non Jewish judge has the right to say, I don't want to take this case. A Jew can't do that. A Jewish judge is not allowed to say, I don't want to take this case because it's inconvenient or because it's dangerous. If you have to judge the mafia, you judge the mafia. Because, Lo Tagub Neish. He says, Kayim don't have that obligation. And therefore, let's assume that there was a court in Shrem. They decide to go on vacation that week. Because prudence is the better half of valor. It was the wise thing to do, and that's why and that's why they did it. No, no problem. Therefore, there's nothing wrong with them at all. Surely, we're not going to punish them with a death penalty for not being excessively or or impressively brave. The man then adds, it doesn't say the whole, the whole approach of the Rambam. We're looking for reasons why the people of Shechem or Chayv Mita. Isn't it obvious, says the Ramban, I, I add, says the Ramban, that the people of Shechem had done many, many other transgressions for which they were liable for the death penalty. Weren't they over there, Vodazara, the very number one mitzvah in Shivat Mitzvot Bnei Noach? the seven Noahide laws, is, is idolatry. As, as far as we know, all the people of Canaan were idolaters. As the Psukim later on, I mean, because we know it, I mean, but and, and the Psukim says specifically, later on, when discussing the difference between you, the Jews, who are coming to Canaan, the people, pe- previous people who live there, that Eretz Israel, when the Jews reached Eretz Israel, Eretz Canaan, was, was infested with idols. And the Torah warns, Lo Tilmad Vasotin, the Torah warns the Jews in, 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 in no, numerous times. Later on, make sure that you don't learn from them. You're coming to live in a land where the people who lived there before you are extremely dangerous spiritually. So it's not talking about people of Shechem, but it's talking about all the inhabitants of Canaan. And specifically, it's also Gilu Yarayot. The Torah specifically says, that when in Pashat Kedushim and Pashat Ahrimot, when we have the uh, injunctions against Isurei uh, Arayot, incest, etc., and the Torah specifically says, not like the inhabitants of Egypt and not like the inhabitants of Canaan, who were especially, especially sunk in 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 in, in the depths of these kind of transgressions. For all, all of these things which God forbids in Pashat, Achimot, and Kedoshim, all the different incestuous relationships, they were all common in, in, uh, in Eretz Canaan. This comment of the Ramban is uh, referring back to a previous comment of his. The Pasuk says immediately after Shechem raped, raped Dinah, it says, V'chein lo He took her, and he raped her, V'chein lo And this is not done. Pasuk Zayin. 
Rashi says, V'chein lo yaseh, li'anot ha-ptulot, she'umot gedru atzman menarayot. Rashi says, V'chein lo yaseh, and this was not done by, in society, it wasn't done, because, Goyim also, they did, maybe they wrote it, but they didn't engage in, in immoral sexual behavior, since the Mabu. He says, one of the reasons why the Mabu took place was because of the uh, sexual promiscuity beforehand, and, the lesson from the Mabul was learned. That's what Rashi says. Ramban says, what are you talking about? We know that the Kena'anim, the people of Canaan, were especially shtufim ba'arayot u'rabeimah u'bazachu. The Pasuk specifically says, not just incest, but also bestial uh, uh, relations and also homosexuality, ki chol These were part of the common practices in Canaan. So there, you know, it's like a super commentaries on Rashi. And they try to defend Rashi from the Ramban's commentary and they say, well, maybe it only took place later on. 40, uh, 40 years, uh, 400 years later, 250 years later, when the Jews were entering Israel, that's when God said, oh, the people you're coming to meet now are immersed in immoral behavior. But the time of Yaakov, maybe not. The man obviously assumes that uh, this wasn't something new that took place later on. This was the way people in Canaan acted. And if we repeat this, this argument now, why is, if the man is looking for an excuse to kill B'nai Shechem, you don't need the fact that they didn't judge Shechem, which... Ramban says it's not a capital offense. They, they, they sure had other capital offenses. And here we come to, I think, is the main point. The Ramban agrees that all the people in Shechem were undoubtedly liable and had committed capital offenses. Idolatry, sexual immorality, and other things. They, 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 they weren't Sadiqim. So you don't need this extra reason. But, he then says, but what's it to do with us? What does that have to do with us? The fact that a non-Jew is not observing the Noahide law is not a reason for you to kill him. He is chayav mita. That's a fact. He's committed an offense before God, and the and the punishment in the law in the law the the legal code which we call. Sheva mitzvot b'nei Noach, the legal code we call the Noahide law, has also penalties, and the penalty is death. But that doesn't mean that a passing Jew should be slaughtering, killing non-Jewish transgressors. It's their problem. They should be imposing or, or fulfilling, carrying out the law, which is their law, according to the Torah. And we carry out our law, according to the Torah. So our courts deal with Jews. If a Jew commits a crime, a Jew kills somebody, a Jew commits idolatry, Jews Mechadel Shabbat, a Jewish court should, should try him and convict him and execute him. But why, why are we executing non-Jews who commit, who commit offenses? This, I think, is really the main point I'd like to concentrate a few minutes on. The Rambam explicitly in Sefer Yad says that there are seven mitzvot b'nei Noach, and our job is to, not our job, the job of a court, the real courts, the real courts are Jewish courts. The job of a Jewish court is to carry out the law for Jews and carry out the law for non-Jews. The Rambam says, that's not our job. There's no reason why Yaakov, or his children, or Rabbi Gamliel, or the Sanhedrin Yushalayim, should be trying and executing nine Jews who don't observe Shavu Mitzvot B'nai Noach. 
even if we have to be passing through. One day the entire Sanhedrin is passing through Peking and it sees a Chinaman killing another Chinaman and no one's going to stop them. They're very respectful. Uh, the, the emperor of China thinks it's a wonderful thing having a Sanhedrin and he, he's perfectly willing to let them do whatever they want. That's not your job. What's the, what's that, what does that have to do with you? In other words, there is a very deep-seated argument here. How do you view Shiva Mitzvot B'nai Noach? The Rambam views Shiva Mitzvot B'nai Noach as being Torah law for non-Jews. To, uh, at, at the risk of being a little bit inaccurate, but it's at least similar to, just like the Torah, distinguishes between Israel and Kohen. Certain laws apply to Kohenim, but not to Israel. The Rambam says certain laws apply to Jews, but not to Kohenim. In this case, a lot more. 606 of them. But it's basically the same picture. There is the Torah law. And Torah law has also a Torah law system. And within Torah law, there are different obligations for different people. Goyim exists within Torah law. Ram has a, an extraordinary expression when he does a history of how the Torah was given. He says, well, first seven mitzvahs were given to, to, to Noah his children, and then Mila was given to Avram Avinu, and Gidanasha was given to uh, uh, Yaakov Avinu, and uh, and then the Torah later on was completed in the time of in the time of uh, in the time of uh, of Moshe Rabbeinu. In other words, the Rambam views. Sheva Mitzvot Noach as the first stage in the giving of Torah law and Har Sinai as being the final stage. V'nishlemat Torah al yado. The Torah was completed at Har Sinai. And I think the Ram's conception is that Sheva Mitzvot Noach, non-Jews who observe Sheva Mitzvot Noach are part of uh, Torah Temet. They are, they're, they're, they're part of, I wouldn't call it the people of Torah, there's Amisal, but but the 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 total community to which Torah law applies includes all of humanity, and the proper court for the uh, application of Torah law is is a Beit Yisrael, and therefore, yes, uh, the Jewish community, the, the Torah community as a whole, as a whole, not just Goyim, but the Torah community as a whole is, uh, is supposed to imposed Torah law. So, if the people of Shechem don't do it, then Bnei Yaakov will do it. And if the people of Shechem didn't do it, then they're also Chaimita and Bnei Yaakov will kill them all. The Ramban says, what does Noah law have to do with us? In other words, according to the Ramban, Torah is Torah. And there's a different speech. God spoke to Noah about human law. And he spoke to the Jews about Jewish law. And that's two different law systems. Just like there's a law in France and there's a law in in, in Britain, and courts in Britain don't judge French citizens who violate French law, and courts in France don't judge British citizens who violate British law. So, Jewish law is for Jews, and Jewish courts are for Jews. And it's true that the people of Shechem were, may or may not, we, uh, the Rabbanah isn't convinced, but they may have not been up to the obligation to judge Shechem. The Rabbanah not convinced about that either, but they surely weren't up to the obligation to, 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 to worship God and not and, and not and not worship idols and not commit moral moral incest and 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 immoral sexual behaviors. They, they were not up to par, and and God should be angry with them. And and maybe someday some court of B'nai Noach court 
should also should also judge them appropriately. But that's none of our business. And therefore, the Mamban rejects the Raman's opinion totally. So this has, what's really interesting here is not just how we explain the Pasha of Shem, but it has to do with how do we view the fact, uh, violations of basic human morality, which is what Sheva Mitzvot Beni Noach are. The basic obligation of human being who was created by Tzadman Lokim. And it's violated at times, maybe even often, by non-Jewish societies. So we view that as a terrible thing, but is it a problem for us? The Raman says, yeah, at least ideally, under the right political conditions, uh, a Jewish court, if we had a real Jewish court, would be would be charging non-Jewish idolaters with a crime just as it charges Jewish. It's exactly the same thing. And the reason is because what I said, we're all part of Chokat Torah, what the Raman calls in many places Dat Ha'emet, the true religion, the true law. Dat Ha'emet applies to all people. Basic question of philosophy. Judaism is such a particularistic religion. How come the truth doesn't apply to non-Jews? And it's going to remember it does apply. It just applies on different levels. But but the truth that's in the Torah applies to everybody. It can't apply only to one person. So Data Emet has has institutions, judicial institutions, which enforce the laws of Data Emet. According to the Ramban, the world is divided into two. And it's really particularistic. Judaism is for Jews. And Shem Noach is not part of Judaism. It happens to be mentioned in the Torah. The Torah tells the history of the world. But but it, it's not part of Torah. It's not part of Sinai. It's not part of Jewish law. and has nothing to do with Jewish courts or the obligations of Jews. Jews are not obligated to straighten out the entire world. And therefore, there was absolutely no reason for the sons of Yaakov to, to uh, penalize, to punish the people of Shechem. In the minute that's left... How does Ramban indeed explain what took place in Shechem? Ramban has a, it sounds like a small difference, but on the basis of what I just said, I think you'll understand why it's a major difference. He says, well look, the Bnei Yaakov said the following, these people are all Chayavimita. Not us, not our job, but they are Chayavimita, not because we did now. In general, they're, they're completely corrupt people. As the Torah later on speaks of the inhabitants of Canaan as being totally corrupt in idolatry and sexual offenses and, 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 and other things as well. So, therefore, they, they don't count. The words of the Ramban, Damam chashuv lahem kamayim, their blood is like water. Why did they kill them? Ramban says, that's vengeance. Ratzu lehinakem bahem, becherev no kemet. They wished to, to take vengeance, to avenge by the sword the crime that had taken place. And therefore they killed Chamo, who was the king. And they killed Shrem, who was the actual criminal. And they killed all the people in the city because they all belonged to the same society and they and they followed and they supported. And therefore, in our eyes, they deserve to kill them all. It's pure it's pure vengeance. It's so what's what's the question here? Was it justified or not? The Ramban says, since they were Chayabim Mita anyhow. My original question, how could the tzaddikim kill innocent blood, spill innocent blood? There's no innocent blood. You do things, so to speak, like this. You have a, a group of, of uh, a, a mafia, a bunch of murderers, uh, thieves, drug peddlers who, who live in the city by you. It's not your job to go do something. Uh, you know, the police are supposed to do something about it. You don't, you're not a vigilante. 
But one day they've stolen something from you and no one is helping you out. So you decide to get it back and while you're there, you decide, I understand this is what to talk about here, but you decide to also take vengeance for the fact that they've been torturing you and, 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 and committing crimes against you for many years now. They've stolen your daughters, they've stolen your money, they've killed members of your family. No one does anything about it. You're going to do something about it. Can you do anything about it? Yes, they're criminals. They deserve to die. No problem. And that's why two of the brothers decided to do that. The emotion was vengeance. What does Yaakov say? He doesn't approve of them. He doesn't agree with the institution of the emotion. Why is he Christian later on? The Ramban has a particular theory. He says, look, they agreed to circumcise themselves. Maybe they were going to become, or they were in the process of tshuva. After all, you, you, you see they're coming closer to Yaakov and his family. And, and, and if they do tshuva, then for sure we should not touch them. And the brother said, that's ah, all fake. They're doing it just because they want to, because the king asked them to do it, and they want to, he sold it to them, that they would get a lot of girls, and they'd get a lot of money, and it doesn't count, and therefore we just ignore those things. So Yaakov thought, Ula yeshuvu el Hashem. And if they do tshuva, then you really kill them for no reason. Again, if it was judicial, if someone commits a crime in this tshuva, he still gets killed. This argument of the Mamban wouldn't impress the Mamban at all. If you're killing them because they are chayavim mita, a person who has committed a crime, and this is, I'm sorry, the courts still kill him. But if you kill them because they're evil, then if they do tshuva, you shouldn't be killing them. So therefore, Yaakov Avinu said, you should not kill them. And you killed them, he says, because you were angry, Arur apam kiaz, you lost your temper and you you were you were vigilantes, you were you were too zealous, and he's and he's upset. Yaakov's a tzaddik, and they were also tzaddikim of a different kind, and that's the argument which takes place later on. In other words, the Ramban is trying to achieve his aim of walking the fine line. Yaakov is right; they were also potentially right, but Yaakov is more right. But they weren't rishayim; they weren't out there killing innocent people; they were killing guilty people. But they weren't doing a mitzvah. They weren't fulfilling the sentence. There is no sentence. There is no court. They were doing. They were taking personal vengeance on people who are guilty people. That theory allows the Ramban to walk the fine line. What I devoted most of my time to was not explain how the Ramban explained Shechem, which I, I imagine there is what to think about as to whether or not how, how, how good his explanation is and what does it say about vengeance and, and, and personal retribution. Um, but I was mostly interested in the Ramban's attack of the of the Rambam. How do we view the laws, mitzvot, b'nei noach? Gentiles are obligated before God in laws that we know, and it's written in the Torah, but is it part of our judicial system, or is it really part of their judicial system, and the world has been divided into two, and at least in the meantime, until the Mashiach comes, the twain don't actually don't actually mix. I think I've there's more to think about here. I've, hopefully each one of you will, will continue to work out some of the problems that are implicit in this argument. Our time is up. Even past our time is up. Call to this has been KMTT. We'll be back next week with more from the Ramban. Ki mitzion, tetzei Torah, u'dvar Hashem Yerushalayim. Call to